Hi friends, this is Morgan Ruff. I have a lot of labels that span the very many adventurous roads that I've taken in my life, from wilderness guide to elite level cyclist, ski mountaineer, environmental policy wonk, to one of my favorite labels of all time, wild adventure mom. I am a wild woman and a wild soul. My life has taken me on some pretty cool adventures, but it's not always been an easy journey. I've been burned out, run down, depressed, anxious, truly ready to toss in the towel many times. I've been lost and wandering alone in the forest before, literally and figuratively, ready to give up. But over the past years, I've learned to cultivate hope, joy, and resilience within myself. Are you feeling like you've lost your way in this crazy ride in life? Feeling burned out or overwhelmed by the state of your home, let alone low in the state of the world right now? Yeah, I get, yeah, I understand. I've been there, and frankly, I still go there. All this can feel big and scary when we first come to it, but with some support from each other, you'll see how much power you truly have. Learn to trust yourself again and gain greater connection to yourself, the people, and the world around you. On this podcast, we explore what's on our hearts and minds, learn new tools and skills for braving the wilderness, and most importantly, find out that we're not alone. Thanks for joining. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, if you're interested in joining the community and furthering the conversation, pop over to Facebook and join us at Uplift for the Wild Soul or follow me on Instagram, Morgan Ruff Uplift. Here's the podcast. Hey there, wild women and wild souls. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm really excited for the podcast today to share the story um, from my friend Sarah. Sarah and I first began working together a couple years ago, I believe now, and we've maintained a relationship. And um, over the summer, she came back to me because she was ready to really transform the pain, the trauma, the the challenge and the fear that she experienced from her first childbirth experience into power so that she could really show up in her second for her second birth process or second child in a new and different way. I love working with women who are really committed to working on their beliefs. Those are the deep conditioning, the deep uh, feelings and thoughts that are within us and finding the path toward creating more empowered um, experiences and understanding of these things that have happened in our lives. And Sarah just explains this beautiful process that she went through to create a birth experience for her, her second son. I... I'm so amazed by Sarah and so amazed by her commitment to creating the life that she wants, to addressing and caring for and loving her own self and her own emotions. So little baby boy, you have a powerful mama here and I am so honored to be part of the journey that has brought you into this world and um, to work with your mom as her what is it? Mindset doula? (laughs) To create a birth experience that felt powerful, that felt calm-ish, 
as calm as birth is and um, brought you into a world and the hands of your loving parents. So without further ado, here is Sarah and her story. Hi, Sarah. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for this conversation. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, So I was hoping that maybe you would be open to starting just from the beginning, like from when we first met each other and what brought you to that point. And I'm just really excited about sharing your story because it's so relatable to for so many people. And I just find there's so much power in storytelling and sharing our experiences and everybody, um, as we listen to other people's stories, my experiences, I always find it is so true for myself as well. So, um, thank you for being here and being open to sharing. Yeah. Thank you for having me and for listening to my story. I can't wait to share it. Um, yes, I should just start from the beginning, right? Start from the beginning. Um, so I think it was 2019. I I have two boys. So I had had my first son. He was like around, well, 2019. So he was almost two. Um, and I had joined Heather Shubin's mastery group. Um, and I did it because I just wanted to be able to manage my own feelings and um, show my little boy the right way to, to control his emotions and his feelings because I didn't feel like I had a grasp on it. So anyhow, um, fast forward to being in the program and meeting you and um, always knowing that I had a little bit of a spiritual spark in me. Um, and it was brought on by my mom. Um, and she had brought me to a sound bath healing. Um, we had been really into crystals together. So I always knew, um, and we're both very intuitive and empathic. Um, so I always knew that there was something there. And then Morgan, you had posted something in the group and I'm like, oh my God, I need to get to know this woman. Um, and then um, I had finished Heather's program and I had the opportunity to work one-on-one with you coaching. And I said, I want to open up myself spiritually. I don't know what that means. I don't know what direction we're moving in, um, but let's just start and we'll see where it goes. And um, I know we focused on, oh gosh, it was a while ago. So um, tarot cards became a part of my daily practice. Do you remember? What did we do? do. And it was so much about Uh, just learning again, how to trust that intuition and opening up to receiving the messages from spirit or God universe, whatever term (laughs) people, I always say spirit. And it was so fun working together because it was like, you're like, I saw a little thing. And then all of a sudden it just started to amplify and amplify and amplify. And I think at the time butterflies were a big. Yeah. And they still are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I put butterflies always draw your future map. They were, they were all over the place. Yeah, my signs are butterflies, pennies and dimes. Um, and I get little flashes of light in my eye too. Yeah. So I always know those are my signals when I'm on the right path and I'm picking up all those breadcrumbs. Yeah. Um, and I remember also yeah, so, yeah. at that time uh-huh. you were you were um, dealing with some disappointments in your life as well. And so do you want to yeah. share about like 
what was going on with you and how that spirituality was connecting to it. Absolutely. So at the close of you and I working together, I was finally ready to make the decision to have our second baby. Um, And I was scared because I had a really traumatic birth story from uh, my first kid and he was an emergency C-section. I didn't prepare myself. Um, I didn't know anything going into birth. So I'll get into that a little bit later, but um, I was afraid and I had finally committed to saying, yeah, I'm ready. And then usually my personality is okay, Sarah, once you're ready, let's do this. And I didn't get pregnant for a year. Um, and luckily I was able to find this wonderful circle of women through Heather's mastery group and through you. Um, and I jumped into the universal energies, uh, group. And as soon as I started speaking my truth about, um, I'm trying to conceive and just disappointment after disappointment each month, um, this circle of women supported me and it's continued, it's continued to be a group of women just supporting me and pushing me forward throughout this entire journey. And I don't think I'd be able to do it without any one of them. Um, so all of these ladies had supported me through that full year. And finally I got pregnant and um, we've been doing so much work or I had been doing so much work internally with women that I, I just, I wanted my next baby to be a girl. I wanted to be able to pass down all of the knowledge that I've collected so far to this little girl. Um, and I, because I'm such an empath and intuitive, I knew in my heart that it was a girl, but guess what? I have two boys. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so then the next hurdle for us, and I say us because it's, it continued to be like a collective journey with with me and my husband, of course, and, and all of the ladies in our community, um, we're like, okay, now we got to process the, at the time it was disappointment. I'm not disappointed now. Um, but I guess the meeting the expectations of, okay, you're not having a girl, you're having a boy. Um, and I had, I had met with some other intuitive healers and they felt strongly that it was a girl too. Um, and in my heart, um, I'm like, what, what was going on? So I was really confused at that point. Yeah. I've been on this journey so far. I've, I've re I've reached out to, and I've worked with so many healers so far and we all felt this feminine energy. So it wasn't so much girl energy. It was feminine energy that we right. were feeling. Well, and I also um, remember yeah. at the time, like it, it sort of was like, made you quest like, question like is this intuition real like yeah you know I'm so convinced of a particular thing and then you know you receive the news that it's a boy and there was like well what what is this yeah but I love how Um, you continue to dig in like another level another level like huh and one instead of like saying my intuition is bogus you were like, wait, well, what else can this mean? And I think maybe you were yeah. going to get into that, that part of the story. Yeah. Feminine energy. Like, what does that mean? Like, and what does it you mean? Discover that? And that was the first question. So I had reached out to our group of ladies and I said, um, what's the difference between feminine and masculine energy? I'm trying to understand the energy. So that was my first step. Um, and, uh, what I learned in short, um, and correct me if I'm wrong is feminine energy is flowing. 
it just, it knows where it needs to go. You just have to trust it and um, it flows and um, you can't push it. And then with masculine energy, it's that push, 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 um, just high leverage um, energy to try to keep things moving. Um, and I've always, I've been a good balance of both, um, but I'm really now knowing how surrounded by feminine energy that I am and how this whole journey was um, supported with feminine energy. Yeah. Um, I'm learning to work with it now instead of against it. Yeah. And, and I think so, about your yeah. conception of like, you're like, okay, I'm ready, push, 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 kind right. of trying to um, embody the masculine energy to will the pregnancy to come. And then it seemed like there was a surrender and then the pregnancy happened. And I just, there's yeah. so many people that I've heard birth stories like that, where it's like, when I finally surrender, which to me is really embracing that flow of the feminine energy that things begin to unfold. And it's not to say like masculine is bad and feminine energy is right. wrong. We need both, but it's just that yeah. our world tends to live so much in the masculine and um, yeah. we don't always know how to embrace that feminine energy. Exactly. Yeah. So I figured the more I was familiar with it and the more I knew how to work with it, it wouldn't be so much of a struggle anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think the turning point with my conception too, was I did this um, womb healing ceremony where it really opened me up and that was my surrender. And before that I was doing a lot of like sacral chakra um, work. Uh, so then we share the same Reiki teacher. So we worked yeah. with Mary Lynn and um, I had met with her because when I was, when I first got pregnant, I was attuned to Reiki one um, when I was pregnant. So the baby was attuned as well. Um, and we didn't know what he was at the time. And she was also sharing that same feminine energy vibe with me. Um, but she wasn't so certain that it was a girl. <laughs> she was a little like right down the middle, but she was agreeing with me because she knew that I was so certain. Um, so once we found out it was a boy, I said, I need to meet with you. It's an emergency session. So we got together and we dove into the Akashic records together. Um, and my first question to her was, is this the same child? Is this the same baby that we've been feeling all of this feminine energy with? And if so, how does that come through for a little boy? And how does that, what does that mean? What are my next steps? So she said, yeah, it's the same child. Um, and he just, he is, he is coming to you and to your family to help, um, show everybody what the meaning of, of feminine energy is. And he wants to come help the men in your family. So take that for what it's worth. Um, but I know a lot of the men in my family are these, um, blue collar strong men that don't like to share their feelings including my husband, my father's, my brothers, um, or my, my father, my brothers, um, all the men on my husband's side of the family, they're all just really, you know, um, strong willed. So I said, Okay, now I know that it's a little boy, and he, um, he's gonna have this feminine, feminine energy. And I don't know what that means. I continued to say like, all right, I don't know what this means. Um, but I'm going to just continue to trust my intuition and there's nothing much that I can do except just have a, a healthy pregnancy and, um, try to just be happy and 
then just work my way towards the birth of this child. Mm -hmm. And that's where my next obstacle came in. Um, And I had mentioned this before, but I had a really traumatic first birth. Um, My son, my first son was, he was eight pounds, two ounces. Um, He came about four days early, but I had to be induced because he was pretty big and I'm not that big of a person. So um, the doctor thought that we should just induce. So we did that. I was in labor for about 18 hours. Um, and I know some women labor for way longer than that, but 18 hours was really, it was really hard for me. Yeah. And with that um, induction, it, um, it can be like a very intense laboring right. because it's, you know, that's all the Pitocin and it's, yeah. Like, oh, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> my paper fell down. Sorry about that. (laughs) It's a sign. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And very masculine energy centered too. We're pushing to have this baby done. We're jumping the gun. We were deciding like, well, some people may think differently, but we're deciding when we want this baby to be born, all that stuff. Um, So I was in labor for 18 hours and um, I didn't dilate enough to get him out. Plus he had a big head. My kids have big heads. I'm sorry. <laughs> big but head they had a big head. So they had to pop them back up and they had to take me in for um, a C-section, an emergency C-section. And um, I had labored so long that um, they were worried that they were going to have to give me a blood transfusion. It was really scary for me. I remember being on the table and this might be a trigger warning for some people. Um, but I just remember being on the operating table and turning my head to the doctor and just saying, I'm really scared. And he's like, it's okay. You don't have to be scared. He's like, we've got you. And in, it felt like in five minutes they had the baby out. Um, but there was a part after they took him out. And if anyone that has had a C-section, um, would know this, they kind of, they press on you. I I assume that they press on you to get some of the air out before they close you up. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I remember anyway. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And my husband's next to me and he's telling the doctor, she can't breathe. (laughs) And the nurse is saying she can breathe. She's speaking. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. So my chest gets tight talking about it sometimes, but I'm okay. I've (laughs) done all this work. I'm doing good. Uh, So it was traumatic. And I think the healing afterwards, um, was really, really painful. Your physical Um, healing. Yeah. Yeah. The physical healing. Like I couldn't, um, I remember going to the first pediatrician appointment because you have to go pretty soon after you come out of the hospital, probably within about a week, Mm -hmm. um, at least in New Jersey anyway. And, uh, and I just, I couldn't stand up straight. I was like doubled over in pain, um, just because of my incision and, I think how long I labored had a lot to do with it. Uh, so anyhow, um, that was a traumatic birth for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much um, in that story. And I know so many women who have had similar situations. And I think that feeling of like, it's almost like decisions are being made for you. And there's kind of a dual edge swords. It's like one, I need to trust the doctors and their expertise in the process, but also your feelings of like, I feel like I'm not in control and all of those um, emotions that come up with it. And um, yeah, it, that, that was a lot. And it seemed like it re- it really stuck with you. Like, you know, you talk about how hard it was to physically heal, but there was also like 
it remained with you almost physically yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I had shared that story with our circle of women. And then you had mentioned that you were starting the draw your future program or exercise. Yeah. I hope I'm saying it right. Yeah, that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I said, let, we need to heal this because this baby's coming out no matter how, how, how he's, he wants to come out he's coming out. Right. Yeah. So I need to process this fear because I don't want to lose my shit at the hospital again. Yeah. I don't want to, um, I don't want to panic. I don't want to shake uncontrollably. Um, I want my body to be relaxed enough to be able to try to go V back because that's originally what I wanted to try to do. Yeah. My kids are um, far enough apart in years. My oldest is four and now youngest is um, almost four months. Oh um, <laughs> but I was, so I met all of the criteria to have been able to deliver VBAC instead of having to go for another C-section. Um, and when, um, when I had been talking with my doctor, he said to me, Sarah, you're either going to get hit by a bus or run over by a train and pick one. I'm like, well, shit. Okay. Um, so I, I picked the C-section because I felt that it was the most straightforward and knowing my history with my first son, um, I just didn't want to go through that process again. So I had, I, I want to just point out one thing and that I observe yeah. with that is just like, why does our medical community tell us as women that childbirth is going to be like being hit by a bus or run over by a train? Right? Why is that the expectation that doctors yeah. are setting when we have, yes, it is a big process for our bodies to go through, but we're made for this. This is, this is part right. of nature. We are part of nature and you know, it is, has been historically a dangerous process for women to give birth and thank God for the medical community and, and gains that we've made, but also like, why can't we, trust our bodies as women. Yeah. And why is that the mindset they're putting into our, it's just so fear-based. So anyway, I just yeah. have to like advocate it's for women true. out there who are giving birth. It's like 100%. Yeah. And I had well, a I've very always, different yeah. experience because I was working with midwives and they're like, you got this, no problem. There was right. never any, I mean, I had a 10 plus pound first child and they were like, you got this, you can, you can do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. anyway, I just wanted to share, like, there's such contrast in those two different approaches. And yeah, I just always want to advocate for women to say, like, you know, listen to yourself and your body and don't let those right. fear based thoughts guide your decisions. Anyway, sorry. yeah, <laughs> no, that's great. No, I love that you you threw that in because so I'm always the type of person where it's like, if I don't take no for an answer. Right. When I really believe in something. So I, I, I made that loose decision for the C-section because we know we can never plan how our, our birth comes out. Um, so I made that decision, but I still had a lot of time ahead of me. So you and I jumped into our work together and yeah. we identified some huge blockers. Um, and I was telling you my whole story about, about the first birth and how I was feeling at the moment. Um, and one of the biggest things that stuck out to me that we identified was that I didn't communicate during my first birth. 
Yeah. That was a story I had told myself. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel like I could communicate. I didn't feel like I was able to advocate for myself because I didn't know. I didn't educate myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't take any birth classes. Looking back now, I probably would have. Um, I didn't think I needed them at the time. I thought, you know, I'll go to the hospital. They've done this before. They know what they're doing. Um, And, uh, when I had gone into the hospital for my first kid, you know, um, they don't tell you that your body is going to shake and that's normal. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. And I took that as my body's shaking. Other people probably don't shake like a leaf while they're giving birth mm-hmm. and I'm probably doing something wrong. So my body is tensing up and it's not going to relax. It doesn't want to let this baby out. So that was what I had in my head the first time around. Yeah. Um, but what just you, to, yeah, you know, you told me the story. And so we were drawing all of this in right. your current reality. So we drew images that you really remember, like the bright lights and the feeling of like the deflated balloon. And we identified mm-hmm. a number of things. You also, I think I remember at the time on that current reality, you just felt like you weren't able to celebrate the new baby in the way that you had, I mean, obviously it's COVID times, like it's hard to, it was still very hard to gather in community. And, um, you know, oftentimes for our second babies, you know, we have all the things and we have all the, you know, stuff that we need. And it's hard for us to take that space because we're still dealing with the first baby, (laughs) like running around to truly um, experience and celebrate that that pregnancy and that birth. And there were a number of other um, small things like, you know, the home felt small or disorganized or something right. like that. And, but yeah, yeah we drew out that current reality on the map using those pictures. And then we were able to then map out the future reality, um, which is what you're going to be talking about next, um, where we like imagined the birth went exactly the way you wanted. And we thought more about um, your other son and how he felt. And, um, you know, it was really fun to draw those and then also use those as a way of mapping, like, okay, what are the steps that we need to take together in order to move from where we were to where we need to go? So that's the draw your future process. And Yeah. um, yeah, how did you think like, did seeing it in images help you to move things in a different yeah, way? It absolutely did because I'm a very visual person yeah. and I'm an artistic. So I loved that exercise with you. I think it really helped to illustrate where I was at the moment and where I wanted to go. Um, and every time we talked about where I wanted to go, I felt like it planted that seed into the universe to say, this baby's going to come on his own time. He's not going to be a C-section. He's going to, he's just going to come when he's ready. And we all, we kept saying like, um, (laughs) like if, if he decides to come early, then he comes early, you know? Um, And maybe it's not, we're not going to be able to plan this. So, um, but going back to the communication thing, I think (laughs) we, no, no worries. (laughs) We started talking about that. And then you had said, um, have you talked to your doctor yet about how you're feeling? And like, have you shared this story with, with her or with him? Right. Cause at the time it was him. So in a, a cool and that turn really of events, came that, out of yeah. a Byron Katie worksheet, I think. Yeah. 
It did. That yes. was that one Byron Katie work session. And I felt like there was so much that came out of that. Yeah. There um, was a lot, like more than we wanted it to. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was powerful. <laughs> You're like, I think I need to go to bed now. <laughs> there was so many things. But what was cool is like, there were things that you identified through that process that then empowered you to start, to start taking steps in like, like you were saying, and communicating more with your doctor mm -hmm. and asking more questions because you were able to do the work and see a different mindset around your experience. Yeah. So um, I had learned like in one of my appointments that I went to, when I went to my doctor, he was old. He's just an old school type of doctor. Like, and uh, he, he seemed like he was ready for retirement. And I think he's working towards retirement, but he doesn't deliver babies anymore. And I did not know that signing up with him. Um, so when I was in one of my appointments and it was nearing towards the end, probably about like seven months, um, he said, your next appointment, you're going to meet with, um, the next doctor and, um, and she's going to be the one to deliver your baby. So you're going to schedule your, um, your surgery with her. I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable with you. You're all I've known this whole time. I don't really want to meet with her. I don't want, like, you know, my journey so far. Um, and I didn't really have any choice. So I did end up having to meet with her. Um, and when I met with her, it opened up the door to communication yeah. where before, and there's no wrong or right way. And I loved my first doctor. I still do. I think he's a wonderful man. Um, he just had a different style. Mm -hmm. And when I met with her and I told her, you know, I had a really traumatic first birth. Um, and I explained everything that happened and she asked me questions and she said, well, we're going to be working together. We can still schedule the, um, the C-section. And, um, and if there's any questions along the way, you just let me know. And I remember asking her every question in the book, including, do you play music in the OR while you're <laughs> operating? Because I want to give you a playlist so that I can be more calm. We were planning out. <laughs> I remember in our sessions, Morgan, we planned, um, like, how do we make the most, like, a, a good um, environment for, for birthing, right? Yeah. I wanted a playlist. I, I, we talked about aromatherapy. Um, so we were, we were preparing ourselves, or I was preparing myself for... Yeah, and um, that was really about how do you want to feel? I mean, obviously, your body's right. discom in discomfort, but, like, what will make you feel supported and calm and all the things mm -hmm. that you wanted to feel? And that was, you know, fun to, like think together yeah. about like, Oh, I forgot about also the celebration. Okay. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's so much, so many layers. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah. Anyhow, I asked her every question I could think of. Um, and I also had like email access to her too. So I would shoot her emails if I needed to. Um, and then, you know, once you get towards the end of your pregnancy, you start going every week and um and I was, last time I had met with her, I was like two centimeters dilated. So like I was getting there, but it was still two weeks before my due date. And, um, and I remember it was like a hot summer day. My parents were at my house. We were just getting the house ready for baby because one of the things that you and I worked on was, I feel like this house is closing in on me. How can I bring another human in here? Um, so we were just like clearing stuff out. 
and it was really hot. It was the end of July um, and last week of July. And you and I had met for like our last meeting. And, um, and then I remember saying to you like, okay, I'm ready. Like I got this, like mentally I'm ready. So he can come whenever he wants to come. I went into labor that day, right? Was it, we met on Wednesday and then I went into labor on Wednesday. And I remember having, I had an appointment on Tuesday. So I, I met with the doctor. She's like, you're two centimeters dilated. Um, she's like, you know, I'm on call tomorrow. So if you do need to come into the hospital or if you're feeling like your labor or like there's labor that's happening, she said, just call and come in. So I had that in my mind. I'm like, I want her to be the one delivering my baby because we've had this whole open line of communication so far. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyhow, we, uh, I, I was with my parents and I, I was feeling the contractions coming on. I'm like, I, the baby's coming today or tomorrow, but this is happening. And I think it's going to happen natural. I don't think we're going to have a C-section. Um, so right there, going back, revisiting our feminine energy conversation, he's making this decision to, to come now instead of yeah. me doing my forced air quotes C-section. Right. Um, so I called her up. I told her what was going on. She's like, yep, come into the hospital. So went in there. Um, and he, the baby had been breached the entire time. So that was another reason why we were so confident we were going with the C-section was because he was breech almost my entire pregnancy. Um, and I ended up going to the hospital and being in labor that day because I was dehydrated. I wasn't drinking enough water, but I was also not drinking enough because I thought I was going to have to go in for a C-section. So they tell you not to drink and eat. So I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do here. <laughs> um, so anyhow, I was in the hospital um, and I was laboring in the hallway because they had a, a cot for me in the hallway because labor and delivery was so jam-packed with women in labor. And they didn't want to keep me yet because they're like, we don't know if once we hydrate you, you're not going to be in labor anymore. Or mm-hmm. once we do hydrate you, if you're still in labor, then we're going to keep you. So the doctor came over. It was like the end of them hydrating me and my labor was progressing and I hadn't had any epidural yet. I was still in the hallway. Yeah. I called them over. I'm like, you know, I'll take the epidural in the hallway if you want. <laughs> They're like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> like, okay, then I guess I'll wait. Um, so, uh, the doctor came over and, uh, and it was my doctor, my OB that I'd been meeting with all along. And she said, you know, before they were getting, getting me ready for the C-section, she said, before we take you in, um, let me just, uh, check to see where the baby's positioned. So she got the ultrasound machine out and she looked and she's like, the baby flipped. No, he had flipped when I was in the hospital that day. Yeah. I felt it because when I felt, I remember the nurses changing shifts on me. And when the one nurse went away and the next nurse came on, they were hooking my belly up to that monitor. Uh um, And we heard this big whoosh. And I felt that I felt the flip. And so (laughs) the first nurse that I had been with, I, we got along really well. And, um, and she was asking me all these questions, you know, because I didn't have time to register at the hospital. Usually you pre-register, but I wasn't planning on going in two weeks early. So she was getting me all signed up. She was asking me about the pregnancy. Um, and he was, you know, getting me or she was getting me ready for the C-section. So nurses changed shifts. The baby flipped. 
the doctor is now telling me, okay, Sarah, so we've got a new plan or you have a decision to make. Um, and that was the first time that somebody had come to me in my pregnancy and said, the decision's yours. It's oh. your body. It's your baby. Um, you can do this. So whatever you decide, we support you and you can change your mind at any minute. I think that was a little white lie that you could change your mind at any minute, but it made me feel so much better at the time. Um, So I looked at my husband and I'm like, I think I want to, I want to try to go be back. I think I can do this vaginally. And he's like, okay, whatever you think I'm here, we're here, let's do this. And, um, and the next, the first nurse that I had got along so well with, she hadn't left the building yet. So she had walked past me. She goes, Hey, I heard the baby flipped. You should try to do this vaginally. I'm like, Oh my God. Okay. All right. So we're going to try this. We're going to do this. And it was my original hope. I had wanted to do this from the start. And I think that we had also infused little seeds of this intention throughout this entire journey and process. And allowing, um, being so open to how the birth had started or had gotten underway with my second baby just felt like, okay, we're flowing with this. We're going to just see what happens. Yeah. They said, if, if you end up feeling, cause I kept telling them how traumatic the first birth was like, they said, if you keep feeling like you can't do this anymore, we'll go in for the C-section. So then fast forward, I was able to, they checked me, they finally checked me into a room. Um, <laughs> You're not even in and there. I'm like, all right, give me the epidural as soon as you can, please. So they got me in there. And I remember with my first epidural, in my opinion, I, I thought that I asked for it too late. Mm. And I thought that I was starting to get contractions. My body was moving. Um, and I didn't feel like the anesthesiologist from my first birth placed the epidural the right way. And I was still feeling things. Mm. And in the middle of that first birth, I said, I'm still feeling things. They actually had to, or they had to reset my epidural. Uh, So they did it like twice for me the first time around. So when, um, when it came time for me to get my epidural with my second baby, I made it 100% clear to the anesthesiologist what happened to me the first time around. And I said, tell me exactly what you need me to do. I said, I'm probably going to overreact (laughs) Um, uh, and I'm really scared. So I just kept telling them like how I felt. I was just like, you know, diarrhea of the mouth, just continuing to tell them everything that was in my head. Yeah. And I said, this is how I feel, but let's do this. And so we did it. And um, I was kind of like panicking a little bit. I was like starting to cry. Like while she was doing it, she's like, this shouldn't hurt. Is it hurting you? I said, no, it's not hurting. I'm just like really nervous from the pressure. And, um, and she's like, okay. And we got through it together. I held the nurse's hands in front of me and we did it. And that was like the first big hurdle. Once we were like getting into labor and like everything was happening, that was the first big thing that, um, that I got over with yeah. grace. You know, Amazing. And I just want to point it like so many differences from your first labor to your second in just that sense of empowerment and confidence in yourself and your ability to just like before you were scared but you were like you told me you were holding it in like you were afraid to even say like I'm scared or or tell people that you were having feelings and thoughts inside Mm -hmm. and I think probably a lot of women 
um, feel, do the same thing where like, we're like, oh, we have to, we don't want to make anybody yeah. else uncomfortable or right. make them think that they, I don't think that they know what they're doing or whatever the reason is. Mm-hmm. But I love that you were able to say that and then receive the support that you needed. So like yeah. holding the hands and having that open communication with your doctors and providers and, and probably your husband as well. Just, I love the the sense of empowerment <laughs> that is in that yeah. those stories. So, okay. Yeah. And it felt really empowering. Um, so that was the first hurdle. And then, um, you know, you get so used to and attached to your nurses during the birthing process, but I truly feel um, like from a spiritual perspective, this sounds corny, but in my mind, each woman that had worked with me throughout this entire, um, the birthing process, once I got to the hospital, I just felt was a different, um, like spirit guide or goddess along the way, just passing me from one to the next feeling so, so supported. Mm. Um, so what the nurse that I had been with when I had gotten my epidural and I had labored with her that whole night, um, you know, she was there to support me and to guide me through getting to that full 10 centimeters. And then as soon as I got there, my OB had to change shifts. So I didn't have her anymore. So a new woman came in, but she was just the one that I needed to give me that extra push. She was like that, um, not tough love, but she was really, really strong for me, um, as was the new nurse that came in. And when the nurses changed shifts, she said, here's your new nurse, so-and-so. Um, she's a rock star. She's delivered so many babies. She's going to help you get this baby out. And then it was all, almost like, okay, let's do this. Let's go. Yeah. And, um, and I was able to push him out. And, and well, at first she's like, she said to my husband, grab a leg. She's ready. And I'm like, Are, we're really doing this. We're really, oh my God. <laughs> Wait, well, what? Like, I, thought that, I thought that we were just going to, this was going to fail and we were going to just go in for the C-section. But like, you're telling me it's time to push. This is unbelievable. And I, I skipped over a part of the story where I was, I was going to quit. Uh-huh. I told them I'd gotten a five centimeters. And I said, if the next five centimeters is going to be like this, I can't do this. Yeah. They said, okay, Sarah, what is it going to take for you to be able to just stick with us here and to see this through? Are you uncomfortable? Are you in pain? And I said, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain. So they actually changed up what they gave me in my epidural in order to make me more comfortable to re- to go that final stretch. Mm-hmm. And the nurse, again, she held my hand. She looked in my eyes. She said, you can do this. You can do this. Don't give up. So, um, so I didn't give up and I'm like, you guys told me that I could change my mind at any time. <laughs> Wait a second here. <laughs> and they're like, it's too late now. <laughs> so once they told me to, uh, to push, I pushed him out in 40 minutes and it was, Like, I want to cry just talking about it because it was such an amazing experience and so truly supported by feminine energy and flow. And we just did, I went with my gut. I spoke my truth. I, I went with my intuition. I just let things flow. I asked questions and it just felt like everything came together and came to a head and he came into this world. And he is the happiest baby I've ever seen. And my first baby was a good baby. And 
I'm very, very blessed. I'm really, really lucky. I have two really great kids and um, they're both good. And I, I hear him making noise. He's just waking up from his nap. Um, <laughs> they're good eaters. They're good sleepers. This baby does not stop smiling oh. all day. He smiles. And then I put him down for a nap. He doesn't cry. He just babbles and talks. And I truly believe that part of him coming into this world and the energy that he is already exuding um, is changing lives, is changing the people in my life. Because you can't look at this kid without laughing or smiling because he is ready to give you a laugh or a smile right back. And um, I think another thing that's really interesting that, um, that shows his true energy too is um, we have a really, we have a really like old school pediatrician. And by that, I just mean like, he's very by the book He's very like schedule oriented and I love that. And it works so great for my first kid. So um, my first son is very predictable. He's very on schedule. When he was a baby, he ate like every four hours, the same amount of food um, with this new guy. He, uh, we try to keep him to a schedule. So I have some sort of like baseline, you know, um, but he is so much more loosey goosey, but he's still so happy. So he yeah. just constantly, he has gone with the flow since conception, wow. since before conception. <laughs> um, and he will always just remind me of the true embodiment of feminine energy, even though he's a little boy. Um, it's not male and female, it's energy and it's how it's, how it flows and how you work with it. And, and my journey of learning about feminine energy and seeing how that works um, is truly allowing me to flex and not freak out when things don't go how I think they need to go. Mm. Because anyone with a newborn, and we just talked about this, <laughs> anyone with a newborn knows as soon as you get used to like an old system or a process of, of doing something with this baby, it changes because you yeah. move into the next stage of life and you need to adapt and give him more food or or give him like actual real food. Well, he's not eating real food yet. But <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like as soon as you get used to one phase, you move to the next. Yeah. So it's just learning to roll with that energy and not fighting it anymore. And yeah. it's so empowering and freeing. Um, and it just feels really good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Your story is just amazing. And watching you transform and really stand and just never give up. You were so tenacious. You're like, nope, I am going to have a different experience this time. And yeah. I, I think that you could have had a C-section and it would have been a beautiful, empowered experience as well. Like it was you really investing and you did, uh, you shared with me, you were doing, you know, a lot of the work with me where we were doing Byron Katie. I think we did Akashic Records and we did some Reiki. I mean, we like were throwing the book yeah. at it. <laughs> as well as like some more of that kind of strategic uh, work as well. And then, uh, but also you were reaching out to your community and you did EFT tapping and yeah. other healing modalities. Um, and then we also did a, a blessing. That a blessing was amazing. Way. Yeah. I will never, ever forget that blessing. I was so, um, I felt her at home because you know everybody celebrates this first baby uh and you have a baby shower and everybody is like gushing over you and then second baby it's like all right old hat you know what you're doing 
you got most of the stuff you need. You're having two, like a second boy. So you don't need new boy clothes. You have all the baby gear. You're not going to have a baby shower. And I didn't want to, um, we had some family stuff going on at the time anyway. And I didn't want to trouble my family with um, like the obligation of throwing me a baby shower. Plus I didn't feel like I needed stuff. It wasn't the point of getting stuff for the baby. It was simply to celebrate the baby coming into this world. Yeah. And, and the journey, that, yeah. the journey that you had been on to bring him right to this world yeah. and all the growth that you had made and gone through yeah. in the process. Yeah. And, and you had reached out to all the women in our community and you helped to set up that wonderful circle for me. And it was, um, it was a celebration of this new little life coming into the world. And you let candles for me and we said um, a prayer and it was, everybody had brought something, right. They each yeah. brought something to help me on my journey, whether it, I mean, it wasn't physically tangible for me, but I got, I was able to see and feel the support tenfold. Yeah. And it was, it was even more special because, you know, people in my outside world or even in my immediate family didn't know the spiritual path that I was on. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't shared that as intimately with them as I had with this group of women. So seeing it through with these ladies and then texting you all when I was heading to the hospital and seeing everybody relight those candles for me. Yes. and feel oh, supported along the way. I know. <laughs> me too. You make me cry all over again. I um, I just felt so supported, you yeah. know? So it's just a true testament to just, you have to speak your truth. You need to advocate for yourself. And, and you there's so much magic. And be vulnerable too. Like if you yeah. hadn't shared what was truly going on in your heart, you know, we wouldn't have known that you needed the support that you needed. And it right. was through your, you know, this circle that we've created. Um, you know, we've all been able to be very vulnerable because we all trust each other innately. And um, through that growth together, it's like amazing what type of support we can muster when when somebody really needs it. And it's just yeah, so magical. It's magic. Yeah, it really, really is. So, yeah, and you and I have never actually met in person, but I, it's been no. like two years and I can't wait to meet you and squeeze you. It's going to happen eventually. We know it, it will. will. It will. <laughs> oh but, you know, that didn't even occur to me. Like, it doesn't even matter that we haven't met in person for oh. you or for any of the other ladies. It's yeah. we are just as close as if we were to be meeting in person every day. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. What a journey. What a journey. Yeah. It's just, yeah. And now you have this beautiful, happy boy in your life who is just bringing yeah. so much love and healing. And when you were he talking really about is. that healing to the men in your family, I just felt it throughout my whole body. It kind of made tears come to my eyes again. I'm like, whoop, that's when you know it's <laughs> the real truth. Yeah. It's like that full body reaction. Yeah. yeah. So I just, I can't wait to see what, what great things that he's going to do. And I get to just, um, you know, be his guide and shepherd him along the way and yeah. support him. Yeah. And I love, so this story was really about your journey with birth, but like this type of mindset shift and this type of work, you 
can use this in any sort of life situation. And um, that's really, you know, my dream for the world is that women are able to go from that feeling of insecurity or, you know, not really trusting their own intuition to like being fully embodied and fully woman and just nothing like childbirth to bring that out of us and fully wild. And like, I am an empowered woman and I am going to stand in my truth and be who I am. And just, I think about the world in that way and how different it would be. I know like, and I'm obviously I'm working on this in myself. I, you know, sometimes I show up at work and I'm, I'm like, whoa, I'm shrinking. What's going on? You know, like, you know, so this is like, it's, it's a journey. And I don't know if we ever are like there. Um, I mean, maybe that's like Buddha and enlightenment that that sounds cool. But like, I don't know if you get to enlightenment, and then you just stay there. I think you probably are constantly in and out of it. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) I think um, I, I just love, like I said, how tenacious you have been through this whole process of like, I'm going to figure this out. This is, I am okay. Um, And through the ups and downs, just constantly showing up for yourself and, um, and also, you know, giving to others as well as, as you go. And so if there are other women listening to this, who, you know, have been on the same journey, I just hope that they're able to take this experience and consider like what's going on in their lives and how they can also do that. Um, So any other final thoughts that you would like to share? Um, No, I just, you know what, I've always been one to, uh, to follow my gut and to follow my heart. And those always tell me when something's not right or what direction to move in. So I would just encourage everybody to do the same. Yeah. You know what you need deep down inside. Yeah. Sometimes you just need the right people by your side to help pull it out of you. Yeah. And finding that support, that community or coach or a spiritual healer or whatever. Um, so often those people kind of show up right when you need Mm -hmm. so listen to those uh nudges as they come yeah yeah i so appreciate you and thank you so much for sharing your story with all of us i um am always so inspired talking to you and like i said i can't wait to give you a squeeze at some point in your boys but (laughs) until then it's all it's a virtual squeeze (laughs) exactly yeah Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I so appreciate you spending time with me in this way and being part of the conversation and the growth uh, to create a future, a world that we all want to live in. I wanted to let you know I have a winter retreat coming up. Now, every quarter, every seasonal change, I host a retreat that helps connect you to nature, the rhythm, the change of the season and then also to yourself so that you can set clear intentions for how you want to be moving forward into that next quarter, totally embracing the energies and the rhythms of the season. Of the So coming up, we have winter. Winter is so much about that inward reflection. It's about the seed that's just stating underground. Just think of the quiet of um, Uh, landscape covered in snow and that little seed resting underneath 
and it's just resting, gaining momentum, really uh, protected and safe within its, its cocoon. And I am really excited about this energy and being able to learn how to embrace it more fully within our lives. This season of winter tends to be the one that we resist in our society. So much of us um, and what we're programmed to do is go, 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 be big, be, be out, be bold, um, which is really the energies of spring and summer. And I, of course, I love that. And we can bring that into our, our winter season as well, but also to recognize that there is a really important place and time for rest. And this retreat will help to give you a clearer sense of what is needing your attention this winter season. How do you need to show up in your life? What beliefs are surfacing that need to be released? And, and what are some action steps to take forward as you move forward into the winter season? Again, this is a virtual nature-based retreat designed to create community and connection virtually, but also help you connect by yourself to nature, to your own place, so that you can develop your own sense of place, your own sense of connection to the spirit of the place that you live. If you're interested, I would so, so love to have you. Um, it is taking place January 6th is the opening ceremony, which is a Thursday evening. And then you have Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to execute on your own, own time, own program. Um, you'll have workbook and meditations and audio recordings that you take out um, into nature in your own home area. And then Monday night, we circle back. We share our experience. We further integrate and we set our path forward together how to embrace the the feelings of winter the the true uh connection to this season um for 2022 i am also packaging up all these retreats it is so beneficial to slow down every quarter evaluate where you are and um move forward in these different ways so i invite you also to sign up for a package of four retreats and it's just magic. It's absolutely magic. Commit to yourself in 2022 and I would love to be part of that journey. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find the link in my Instagram link tree. Um, just click on nature-based retreats and you'll see it linked to the event right there. All right. Take care, have fun and stay wild. Be safe, be free. All right, bye.